Meditation is just like processing. <laughs> what is you so you say it's a process and not a thing in itself? Uh, no, I don't know. It says meditation. These are poems from the Wix blog of uh, David Smith, two o eight, read by the author. And this, these poems are from April of 2018. This one says, poem, meditation is like processing. You sit and wait while the light flashes. Oh, that's like your computer, I guess. Meditation is like processing. You sit and wait while the light flashes. It feels good, but are you allowed to have an it? Hmm. Oh, it says it feels good, but are you allowed to have an it? Hmm. What's feeling good? (laughs) Or to feel, to have a knee that bends and sits content is pretty basic. Oh yeah, so you just sit content as a basic function, yeah. For just that, you can have gratitude. Darshan says, life is forever a constant beginning. Then how do we ever get to the end, question mark? No, he says, life is forever a constant beginning, unquote. And the poem continues, then how do we ever get to the end? Yeah, if it's, life is forever a constant beginning. So I'm, this poem is just at the beginning, I guess. I am not sure who is writing this poem. Since I don't really know myself, you can say the author unknown. Oh, this is poems read by author unknown. How is it that the end is connected to the beginning? Uh-huh. Well, that quote is from Darshan Singh, uh, and this is on his 100th birthday anniversary of September 14, 2021, 1921. Poem 71. And why life is forever a constant beginning. So you're my. <laughs> it's the constantly beginning over again, in meditation because meditation is like processing. Seems life is just constantly beginning a new podcast, or or is it a constantly starting meditation? Yeah, like you're always starting from scratch. Like, are you have in beginner's mind, or are you why are you always like a beginner? Yeah. Oh, interesting. This post you have the spiritual master comes at three. Oh. And why do you have your friends? Uh, what are they doing? Oh, they're putting up a, a volleyball net. <laughs> And here you're you're into this haiku poetry stuff. The poem is ultra short, April twenty third. Spiritual master comes at three. 
the Tai Chi master comes at nine, the volleyball master at ten, three amigos. Mm. Nice haiku. Spiritual master comes at three, the Tai Chi master comes at nine, and the volleyball master at ten. It has three amigos. Oh, those are your two friends you play volleyball with. Do they know about your master coming at three o'clock in the morning? Yeah, well, they, they've heard some of my poetry at nine o'clock in the after in the morning. So, oh, did you podcast in the park, or did you broadcast, or play, or play your podcast, or has anybody heard your podcast? Uh-huh. You can read that other poem. I mean, these are poems of the, by, read by the author, but this, you add, uh, you sometimes read somebody else's poem, uh, which you liked at the time. Or you explain something, huh? Yeah, I was curious about this thing. Uh, there was a T-shirt on my shirt that said, the earth has music for those who listen. And then it says, New Zealand. <laughs> uh, now, now, did they say that it was Shakespeare? But you, we're not sure it's Shakespeare. So what is going on? <clears throat> In the poem, actually there is a poem. It says, poem, Santayana or Shakespeare, question mark. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's not Shakespeare. Hmm. It says also, quote, the earth has music for those who will listen. And, quote, the earth has its music for those who listen, unquote, and so on. So it says, the earth has music for those who listen, who will listen. And then it has, the earth has its music for those who listen. This one is easily mistaken as Shakespeare because the words remind us of, quote, if music be the food of love, play on, unquote. While the sentiment closely echoes Caliban's, quote, be no afeard. The aisle was full of noises, sounds, and sweet airs that give delight and hurt not, unquote. However, this one is George Santayana, quote, The earth has its music for those who will listen. Its bright variations forever abound with all the wonders that God has bequeathed us. There is nothing that thrills like the magic of sound. Thanks to, quote, that not Shakespeare, unquote. That's not Shakespeare. Thanks to, that's not Shakespeare, unquote. Who looks to be as upset about misattributed to Shakespeare as I am. This beautiful quote is often attributed to Shakespeare or George Santayana, but only recently was it discovered to be written by an unknown poet. Reginald Holmes as part of his poem, The Magic of Sound. Also, wait a minute. It's not Shakespeare or Santayana. So it's written by Davy Gravy? No, it's by Re- Reginald Holmes. So. I've heard the soft whisper 
of wind. This is from the poem, The Magic of Sound by Reginald Holmes. I've heard the soft whisper of wind in the pine trees, the silvery ripple of brooklets at play. I've heard the low voice of a sweet singing mother as she sang to her child at the end of the day. I've heard the faint rustle of sails in the sunset and blue waves caressing the wild rock-bound shore, the whistle of trains as they cross the green prairie and the mountains re-echo the cataract's roar. The notes of the organ in ancient cathedrals where hearts of the faithful are lifted in song. I've heard the gay laughter as children were playing. The chatter and buzz of a large happy throng. The earth has its music for those who will listen. Its bright variations forever abound with all of the wonders that God has bequeathed us. There's nothing that thrills like the magic of sound. Oh, the magic of sound. Oh. Yeah, I guess you loved that t-shirt. and You never got rid of it in the decluttering of prep. You kept it. You kept these fond things because the earth has music for those who will listen. I guess we should be glad if you dedicated more time to writing shorter poems. Oh, is that the haiku-esque influence? You, I know you were obsessed over Japanese poetry for a time, and you have wandering obsessions. Yeah, well, why don't you dedicate more time to podcasting or writing poetry or meditating or playing tennis or figure out what you're going to dedicate? Oh, okay. This next poem is from April 19, 2018. It says, Dedicate Poem. Dedicate or meditate or medicate. Do I have choices? Long time. Long time period, meditator. <laughs> oh, so now you think you're like Basho or somebody or Sagio or something. <laughs> so you just say dedicate or meditate or medicate. Do I have choices? Long time, long time period, meditator. <laughs> oh, okay. Are, are you going to take medication? Or, or do you have to take medication for your high blood pressure? Or do you not have it because you meditate? That's it. Well, it says that you have... It says you have choices, so you could choose. Either meditate or take your medication. Okay. <laughs> All right, then I will. I will meditate instead. Instead of meditating or writing poetry or podcasting, you could have you thought about the things you would have or could have or should have done or could be doing what else could you be doing yeah. and what are we st- how are you going to fill up the time in this podcast if your poems are gotten super short so what are you going to do now oh well I don't know 
there's not much choice but to read what I have. <laughs> this poem is April 20th. It says, poem, woulda, woulda, shoulda, woulda, coulda, shoulda, is someone else, not me. Huh. Oh, that is so short. Huh. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, is someone else. Hmm. Oh, that's somebody other than you. Yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda is someone else, not me. Oh, and you have a picture of uh, yourself with independence from worries. Oh, you're independent. Yeah, I'm independent. I have independence from worries. Oh, is that... That makes a good name for this poem, in a way. Independence from worries. Are you an extreme activist? I mean, a lot of people go to active, uh, go to protest and do certain things. But So what makes you an extreme activist? If you ask me, you're a passive person sitting home in meditation. So what are you talking about in this poem? <laughs> oh, and you show it's just basically an empty park. What are you, out so early that there's nobody there? Are you extremely active? Oh, I don't know what happened there, but we're in. Uh, we're we're at least in it. We're in April of twenty, so at least nature is active. You can see the blossoms. Mm -hmm. Are they extremely activistic? Yeah. And then you have these shoes here. Is this what you want? And go get them then. What's wrong with you? This is the shoe. I know you need new tennis shoes right now, so why don't you get them then if you want it? Nordstrom. It says Nordstrom, the Westchester. What are these shoes? They're sneakers. You need new sneakers? Yeah, my tennis shoes are worn out. But these, I know you like feather weight and these lightweight. These gonna work? It says feather. Nike, free, free, TR, TR, fly knit. These gotta be lightweight, fly knit number two. It's a good thing you're reading this poem because you need to buy some new shoes. So. Oh, is this predestined that you're gonna buy the shoe? Well, the problem is we don't know that these shoes come in wide and if they would even fit in a wide foot. Uh, yeah, so you don't really know anything about what to do, even though you claim to be an extreme activist. Uh, yeah. All right, well, poem, let's read the poem. Poem 20, poem April 20, poem Today, I was an extreme activist. First, I opened the window. Then I ran around. Oh, okay, then why don't you go jogging like you used to? What's wrong with you? How do you expect to be a fast runner in tennis without work, without running? Okay. Even your friend, he runs before tennis. Oh, and I And your other one. Your other player that you play with, she's doing the tri 
triathlon or something, swimming, biking, and running. Yeah, she's a star, so why can't you be like her? Today I was an extreme activist. First I opened the window, then I ran around. And your other friend was an Olympic marathoner. Oh, he's formerly one, though. Yeah, he was formerly in the Olympics for the marathon. Oh, yeah, and I notice he beats you in tennis quite often. Not surprising. (laughs) Today I was an extreme activist. First I opened the window. Then I ran around. Then I planted some flowers. Then I separated paper from plastic. I ran from the porch to the garage, to the car, from the park. I went upstairs and down. I stopped for a special cardamom tea. Hmm. I was extremely active, partly for grandma. Extreme fitness is selfless service. Someone into selfless service will run like crazy. To access the resulting power, selfless service leads to extreme power. Oh, so you are getting a power boost, I guess. This is why you exercise, so you can become extremely powerful at doing selfless service. Wow, we never heard this from you. I thought you were just sitting home doing meditation and that you were not an extreme activist. There are no hard and fast rules to entering the great unknown. Wait a minute, I thought you put out all kinds of life hacks and rules and stuff you have to follow to do your long-term meditation. But at the same time, there are no hard and fast rules. What's that about? I thought there were a lot of rules and that you had to be a celibate monk and not eat anything. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> So I don't understand when you say what, how you, ent- how do you enter the great unknown? Well, what, what is this poem about? This one says April 21, it says, Entering the Great Unknown poem. And then it has. I offer extreme long time period meditation class, but everything about the class is unknown. Oh my God. So why are you podcasting about meditation when everything about it is unknown? Well, so you don't know anything and everything about it is unknown. Well, okay. Huh. That's like I told that guy on Instagram. I said that everything, the cloud author was all unknowing. He didn't know anything either. So, but he entered the great unknown, the cloud author. I offer extreme long time period meditation class, but everything about the class is unknown. Like, where is the class? All right, good question. Where are you holding the class? Oh. When, when is the class? 
When is the class? Okay, where is the class? Okay, where are you holding it and when is it? How long is the class and how long how long does your class last? This is ridiculous. You say you offer a meditation class, but everything about the class is unknown. Where is the class? Where is the when is the class? How long is the class? And what are the prerequisites to the class? What kind of tea are you having? How many, what's the number of breaks? What is the sitting position? Are you, do you have to sit in lotus position or sit on the floor or maybe sit in a chair? And the type of mats, are you using, what kind of mat are you using? Do you need a yoga mat or do you use zabatons or? What are you doing? How come everything is unknown about your class? The temperature of the room. What room? Yeah, what is preferred uh, room temperature? Is it be hot or ambient or cool? Or are you running the air conditioner in the middle of the class? Or is it hot? Or is it outdoors? Or what's the type of clothing? Yeah, what are we supposed to wear to your class? Huh. My God. And then it says, quote, sit in any pose. Sit straight at a right angle, unquote. Oh, so there's guidance. That's from Kirpal Singh. It says, sit in any pose. Sit straight at a right angle. All right, so that's some. That's you saying sit at a right angle. And then it says, quote, there are no hard and fast rules, unquote. Karpal Singh, Belmont, 1955. Also, there's no hard and fast rules. And, and you're entering the great unknown within your long time period meditation class. Well, can we come to your class? Are you going to hold the class? And where is it? And when is it? And how long is the class? And what type of... Are you having Senka Grinti? Yeah, we, we have. I'm going to try to answer these questions now. <laughs> yeah, but you uh, said that were, everything was unknown. And, oh, yeah, but this is poems read by the author. So I can answer the questions that weren't answered. <laughs> When is the class? All right. The class is at 3 a.m., okay. Where is the class? The class is in your own home, in your dedicated meditation room, or it's just wherever you are, I guess. It's either, you either have a sapatan or yoga mat, or you, you place it somewhere in the morning away. How long is the class? Well, the class is for six hours from 3 a.m. to 9 a.m. And you just tell your job that you're starting at 11 now and you're using flexi time. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you have to play a tennis game at 9, so... How long is the class? What are the prerequisites to the class? Oh, the prerequisites are you have to have already meditated for six hours the prior day. Oh, 
Also, you have to have already done these uh, meditations. Yeah, and the tea I said was fine grade um, first cut essentia green tea from Japan. Uh, from which region of Japan? I know there's a southern part. Uh, and uh, what's the number of breaks? Well, I mentioned in my poetry someplace when you have to go to the bathroom. Uh, when I <laughs> You go to the bathroom in the middle of your meditations. Yeah, the sitting position is preferred cross-legged on the floor. But, but he says there are no hard and fast rules. Oh, so wait a minute. There are no hard and fast rules. No. So the, the only hard and fast rule is you follow Kirpal Singh's teachings saying that there are no hard and fast rules. That is, when you're entering the great unknown. Apparently you entered the great unknown, but you using no hard and fast rules, so... Is that why your poems got so short with the haiku and stuff? And you ended up reading Japanese poetry because it was so short. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I like things shorter, I guess, and shortened down. Yeah, poems were trending to be short. Uh, yeah, how are you going to fill up a podcast with short poems? Oh, okay. Hmm. And this isn't even a poem, what is it? Oh, it's about whiteness. Oh, you're interested in things being more white. Yeah. Or more whiteness in your poetry? Or Can you write a book called Smiling Whiteness? What's that refer to and what's white about it? Your teeth? Or what's whiteness anyways? Why were you smiling over whiteness? Oh, okay. But you have a published book called Smiling Whiteness. Yeah, I do. It's on Amazon. On, do you have any more about whiteness? Yes, in this, in this entry. It says more whiteness. And it says, Oni, Oni Sura, Onit Sura, O. N-I-T-S-U-R-A Another great Japanese haiku poet uses the theme of, quote, whiteness, unquote. The book, The Classic Tradition of Haiku, says, In Buddhism, uh, whiteness leads to absolute purity or enlightenment or satori. White, not black, is the color associated with death. Huh. Oh my God, you were smiling in the face of death or what happened? Really, you learned from your own post if you don't remember anything. Oh, white is associated with death. Wow, that's strange. I thought black was. Well, not in classical Buddhism. Uh, whiteness leads to absolute purity or enlightenment. White, not black, is the color associated with death. And then you have a poem here. It says, Tenzin ni suraki ku setaru spubaki kana. And it says, uh, 
In the garden, see near us, blossoming whitely the camilla tree. Oh. oh. Is that from, uh, from Anitsura? Oh, I guess it would be, huh? Huh. Uh, huh. Yeah, you'd have to look at the... If you want to see the Japanese, you'd have to look at the... Uh, maybe the posting or something. Or look at the book, the classic tradition. Are you following the classic tradition of haiku? Well... I guess if one reads something, I guess there could be following something. Yeah, you should follow up with your own uh, poetry in a podcast and try to put more whiteness into it. Uh, You said you weren't going to Veggie Fest, so what are you going to do with fermented Turmeric. <laughs> well, you said that fermented vegetables were better than vegetables, and, and everybody says turmeric or turmeric is curcuma. <laughs> you said they all think that's good, so it must be the best thing. But what if it tastes terrible? What's it got to do with anything? Well, yeah, there's... You found in the Indian store, maybe you should get that, but you said it doesn't taste well. Well, well yeah, it's... They call it... Amba Haldar. Uh-huh. Pickled with fresh turmeric. Uh, poem, well, the poem is April 18th. Uh, fermented turmeric. I thought I could post myself into heaven and eat my way out of the Great Depression. Uh, okay. Are you depressed or what's happening? Or you can eat your way out. <laughs> or you could do, do a posting to the internet. Wait a minute here. How do you get to heaven? Yeah, some people think you diet by eat. They tell you what foods to eat is diet when Fasting people say, just don't eat. I thought I could post myself into heaven and eat my way out of the Great Depression. The internet has brainwashed me with repetition. If I eat lots of turmeric, that is fermented. It will be ferric and splendid. Ha ha, that's tormented, demented. Maybe I should give the swirl a genuine world fasting is stem cell therapy for the poor not this rigmarole oh I see so if you're poor you can use fasting for stem cell therapy so you're not so well into the fermented turmeric well yeah actually uh, I still could be interested I guess uh, on the days that I'm not fasting, I'll eat fermented turm- turmeric. Okay. Hmm.
We have more on that white stuff, I guess, whiteness. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned your, um, your uh, Smiling Whiteness book, and this this is a Basho, or Basho poem. Umo omegarete kamo noko honoka ni shiroshi. The waters fade and the wild duck cries are faintly white. Oh. The waters fade, the wild duck's cries are faintly white. Oh, that's it. And you have a picture of the duck with the book, Smiling Whiteness, the poetry of David R. Smith. Yeah, oh, that's a published book, yeah. The wild duck's cries are faintly white. Oh, they fading. I know you like to drink coffee, so what's the purpose of coffee? I mean, uh, what is it for you, anyway? So, well, it says the poem, the purpose of coffee. A coffee injection should be for a resurrection. <clears throat> Use your prop to achieve something other than Photoshop. Achievements of the floating world are lame and always the same. Why not first go out to determine your route? It's a matter of priorities that affect your qualities. Grandiose statements can lead to new arrangements. A rhyme is not silly if it is created involuntarily. Huh. It's funny what that says. Huh? April 16th. Um, what is that poem again? Uh, did it answer what the purpose of coffee was? A coffee injection should be for resurrection. Use your prop to achieve something other than Photoshop. Achievements of the floating world are lame and always the same. Why not first go out to determine your route? It's a matter of priorities that affect your qualities. Grandiose statements can lead to new arrangements. A rhyme is not silly if it is created involuntarily. Okay. Hmm. The purpose, that is the purpose of coffee. Did you read a wrong book? Why, why write a poem? Something happened with the wrong book. Uh, you wrote a poem. <laughs> April 12th. Uh, of reading the wrong book poem. Huh. Of reading the wrong book, you should be afraid. Uh, Henry David Thoreau says, You have no time except for that which is sublime. How does one be selective and from what perspective? That is my eternal question because of the way they make an impression in what they convey. Thus we have a list of that which can be kissed. <laughs> hmm. Cute poem. Here's a quote. There are too many mediocre books which exist just to entertain the mind. Therefore read only those books which are accepted without doubt. Has good Lucius, Aeneas, Seneca. Seneca, uh -huh. 
Quote, read the best books first, otherwise you'll find you do not have time. Oh. Unquote, Henry David Thoreau. Page 13, the calendar of wisdom. Oh. Oh. January 1, Leo Tolstoy. Oh, what is that? You just attached a book, I guess. Tolstoy's book. Uh, he has a calendar or something. Is he the right book? <laughs> Are you reading the right books? Uh, hmm. Is it right to be reading Henry David Thoreau? Or is it the right? Is he the right book? Funny all the troubles you've had in life, and yet all you really wanted to be was a gentleman and a scholar. Well... Is that all you wanted to be as a scholar? Yeah, that's all. I, I didn't want all these things uh, happening. I just, uh, if only I could be a gentleman and a scholar. Uh, poem. My thoughts were full of sentiment and hopes and emotion, so my intellect had to step in and say, focus. Uh-huh. Maybe the higher abstract mind is not so bad. Maybe I had been too rough on it. Yeah, you've been hard on the mind. Uh, You're hard on your... Why are you so harsh on it? Uh, If only I could be a gentleman and a scholar. If I was only that, then at least I would be regular and walk to the library for my reading. I would be in sweet form and still have a lot of pleasure. I would live in Oxford and study the classics. I would enjoy all things Roman and Persian and Greek and would row down the river and the books sometimes deliver in the afternoon when I am free. I would have crumpets and tea. I would rise very early and never be in a hurry. I would abide in history and crack every mystery. I would pursue every whim and sing every hymn. Every book I read would be long and none of them wrong. My poems may or may not rhyme all the time. The only thing in my sight would be the flowers, my only dream of the moon. I would be a latitudinist, latitudinist, and also take up Sanskrit. My English would gradually change, and before long I would speak like the queen. I would play the large pipe organ and sing in the choir. I would feel at home with the British, but still enjoy jokes said in Yiddish. Perhaps I should have never left college. I would take up quantitative linguistics and focus on the mystics. (laughs) That's a nice idea. Is that you? There's a photo of me in Oxford. Uh, it dates back to the time of uh, was Maria Dancelo. And, uh, yeah, you're quite young there. Davy in Oxford. Wow, nice picture. Davy, you should post that one. Aren't, aren't, can't you get to heaven by... Getting enough likes on a post. <laughs> hmm. That is if I take up computational linguistics and are able to optimize my hashtags. Yeah. If I would take up computational mystics 
and focus on the mystics, then I could be a gentleman and a scholar. Yeah, you have a lot of cool stuff going on with the meditation, exercise, the poems, and your books in Harvard, and I mean Oxford, and your veggies. And sounds pretty good, but why don't you add something like Buddhism or something to the mix? So, okay. It says this one poem, uh, April 12th, 2018. Buddhist mindfulness tastes like vinegar. Oh. You don't like uh, mindfulness. I thought it was good. You do or you don't. Or you have some books here. <laughs> Three Buddhist books. And... All right, what's it say? Well, I thought you liked Buddhism. Oh, well, I do. Let's just see what the poem says. Buddhist mindfulness tastes like vinegar. And while... And while maybe and while maybe good for you okay buddhist mindfulness tastes like vinegar and maybe good for you oh so oh so it is good huh mindlessness bhakti tastes like sherry and is sweet with far more vigor oh bhakti uh, mindlessness bhakti if they were truly mindful they would write instead of a book just an article. Oh. Oh, you're making fun of these. So these books should have been articles. Uh, hmm. Yeah, sometimes people, they have uh, uh, enough material for an article, but write a book, I think. Uh, they could write, they would write, instead of a book, just an article. All that they have to say is in the first chapter anyways. Oh. Yeah, sometimes it is. A real master can transfer power directly. If you want to see light, why go into a black hole? Okay. If they can't sit still, maybe they should be electrocuted. They have the discipline, but not the bait. Who knows how long they have to wait. Uh, huh. So you're saying mindfulness uh, retreats. Uh, you don't know how long you have to wait. Uh, huh. In Satguru Bhakti, you are hit with a bolt of lightning. Okay. Even so, vinegar is sweeter than sugar. Huh. Wait a minute. Even so. Vinegar is sweeter than sugar. Buddha should be punished for leaving such a tradition. Well, why are you knocking Buddha? I thought you liked him. Huh? Shams, Rumi, Hafiz, Attar, Nanak, and Kabir, and Tuka are my preference. Oh. I guess you're stating a preference. Huh? I mean, a... Uh, you like Buddha? Yeah, I thought you did. You definitely cover Buddha. I thought you were reading the Pali Canon. Yeah. But then you say Shams, Rumi, Afes Hatar, Nanak, Kabir, Tugari, my preference. While giving Buddha only reverence, the monastics just sit in prison. Something I don't envision. Mystics have 
more poetic luster without a filibuster. Mindfulness practitioners lack real heat in some of if some if they still eat meat. They they cannot even claim the kundalini, which is another kind of genie. To not have a guru is smart thinking if you want broad appeal, but it could just be for your ego ideal and won't lead to the real. For that, you must kneel. Wow. They don't have a guru or something, though. Yeah, you have a preference. uh, Definitely a preference. uh, You want more than just mind, Buddhist mindfulness. Because Buddhist mindfulness tastes like vinegar. You you mentioned how you do meditation and exercise with the poetry and the vegetables and the books and stuff. But, But I thought you also practiced piano, so... That was in your golden mix of activities. Yeah. Yeah, there's a poem about that. April 10th, uh, 2021, 2018, I mean. Piano practice. It says, rough and barely ready. Instead of a seasonal word, a wrong note and a wrong word. Not practice so much. They wouldn't be stale. I never listened to the original. Maybe some I remember in ancient car rides. If you bang a pot, I won't repeat them. Hmm. Well, funny. I'll try that again. What's I got to do with the piano? Piano practice. Rough and barely ready. Instead of a seasonal word, uh, a wrong note. And wrong word. Not practice so much. They won't be stale. I never listened to the original. Maybe some I remember. In ancient car rides, if you bang a pot, I won't repeat them. Oh, this is an interesting poem, I think. Uh, What it means is, Rough and barely ready. I, I actually record. I practice only a very little. Some of these, like maybe like a pop, pop song, like a, not so much a classical piece, but a, it's a, I practice like once or something. It's a rough and barely ready means. It's not ready for performance, but I record it anyways, instead of a seasonal word. A wrong note and a wrong word. So the the lot of recordings are full of uh, wrong notes. Not practice so much. But then he, what what he means is that it's not stale from over-practicing, so it has a certain luster from being... uh, almost sight rating now. But I never listened to the original, so I might have a piano score of songs or something and and or you know, I don't know, it could be uh, a composer or somebody. It could be 
James Taylor, uh, Luda Rico, and all the, uh, whoever it is, uh, I don't listen. I play it without my way. Oh, you play it my way. Yeah, not like Frank Sinatra, his way. Like, I won't listen to Frank Sinatra. I actually just play, sing and play my way, my way. I'll play my way, my way. And sometimes you might, I might hear it afterwards or something. Like if you, if I play it on YouTube, my my version on YouTube, YouTube will stack up their version after mine. But so it doesn't sound like the original because I don't listen. But I said that some of the songs I heard in the ancient times in a car ride. So let's say I heard a song when I was in the car and 20 years old, I'll play the song uh, without listening to the original. And so it's intentional that it's not uh, not like the original. Or maybe it is a bit, but uh, maybe some I remember in our ancient car ride. And then if you, if she banged on a pot, I probably, oh, well, that means like, uh, when I was recording, if, if she made a bunch of noise in the kitchen and there's a racket going on, I don't re-record. I just leave that in there. So that explains the piano practice, which I guess in some cases is recording. So it says, rough and barely ready. Instead of a seasonal word, a wrong note and a wrong word. Not practice so much. They won't be stale. I never listened to the original. Maybe some I remember in ancient car rides. If you bang a pot, I won't repeat them. Dies Palme Potent. It says the dust of annihilation. He was planning to title. I think he was planning to title his poems. uh, Next set poetry book or something like the dust of annihilation that is when but at this time he was probably doing piano practice you're looking at so many other books and looking at other poets and scriptures and philosophers and you're utilizing and stealing ideas and stuff and putting it in your poetry Oh, a person has to find a source of inspiration. So that's, I think, is normal. Well, does that make you like a quotationist philosopher? Like you, do you like post quotes (laughs) on the internet uh, if you're a poster child? Yeah, whatever those people who post quotations are. on their Facebook or Instagram. Is that, are you like that? Well, 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 not exactly, but uh, here's a poem here, it's from April 10th also. While I was being a quotationist philosopher, it says, the quotation without citation is abusive and stolen and Constrict constitutes fake news. Oh, oh, oh! You're saying that when you you actually will put a citation uh, and you put a footnote and 
uh, you often in your in your blog you you say give the page number and uh, quotation and citation and you try to be professional. Yeah. So I don't like uh, I don't like quotes where they don't give a source. So. So the quotation without citation is abusive and stolen and constitutes fake news. When I steal an idea, at least I admit my crime. Uh, To steal is good to a rogue dervish. Uh, If the source is good. Yeah, like if I steal from another poet like Rumi or, or I steal from Kabir or I go to the Guru Granth, whoever it is. If I steal it from another poet or guru, that's that's good in, as long as you're quoting good material and putting a citation, yeah. To steal is good to a rogue dervish if the source is good. Are not all words used goods by convention? Hmm. Yeah, all words are like recycling, so I'm doing... I'm basically just doing recycling here with these words, which are, they're just scrambles words, which I pick up from uh, other people, you know, other poets and uh, gurus and things. Like I said, Shamsti Tabriz, or Rumi, or Hafez, or Hattar, Nana, Kabir, Tuka. Yeah, you, and you had Basho and Sagyo, and you have Zen poets, and yeah, you got stuff all over the place, I guess. Yeah. But at least I put a citation when I'm being the quotationist philosopher.